everyone? We have another episode of Game Time Excellence where we talk about your mission, mindset, mastery, and maintenance. Today we have another special guest. Uh, her name is uh, Monica McNutt. Uh, she's a hoop analyst and, you know, she doesn't want to see me on the basketball court because she knows uh, I will beat her in a three-point contest. But <laughs> for the people that don't know who you are, that should know who you are, can you tell them a little bit about yourself? For the record, I would not lose to you in a three-point contest, but it's cool. I'm, I'm used to this. Um, <laughs> I am, man, I, I am, like you said, a hoops analyst, a host. I am hustling in this sports and entertainment industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, chasing passions and purpose and honestly enjoying it. It's, there's been some ups and downs, but I'm enjoying it. I feel like I'm hitting a stride. I'm really proud of my body of work. No, it's nice. And, and I've watched a couple of your interviews and you know, you seem like you're like a natural at it. So is it something that you had to practice to 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 get better at? Or is it like just something that you were always good at at some point in time? Both. <laughs> um, I've always enjoyed talking to people and asking thoughtful questions. Mm-hmm. But there's probably footage somewhere of early in my career when I'm talking entirely too fast and asking right. a question that's way too long. So... I think my natural gifts and abilities drew me toward this career path. And then just with anything else, you got to spend some time polishing it up, getting your 10,000 hours in. Right, right. 10,000 hours. That's that's for sure. So deep. So, you know, you were a standout at, uh, you know, let's just not just skip over this and act like you weren't a standout at uh, Georgetown, right? Correct. Okay. So when you were at Georgetown, when you got interviewed there, did... Uh, did you have someone polish you up on your, your interviewing skills or that came naturally as well? Or you had to work at it, you know, over a period of time? That came pretty naturally. In fact, it was actually our sports information director, Barbara Jonas, who's still a friend now, who Mm kind of said to me, you know, mine, you should look into this media career. You're so great Mm -hmm. with media. Um, You'd be a natural fit. I think, you get coached up on it's always we and never me. Mm -hmm. You don't want to say things that make your team or coaching staff look bad or become bulletin board material, which was a rule that I didn't always abide by. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I had fun and and I was very proud of my team and what we were doing then. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't hard for me to speak on that. Mm, I got you. Hold on, Georgetown... In 2011, did you play with uh, Tia McGee? I did. That Tia, good friend, good friend right there. She's uh, from Tulsa as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so do, okay, real quick, I just do you have any funny stories with her or anything like uh, that? Um, I, we had a great team as a unit. Um, and Tia was always so sweet. She was mm-hmm. super talented. Right. I do remember when she tore her ACL and was working her way back, like just her grit and keeping her spirit about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing in particular stands out, mm-hmm. but as a team, like we laughed and competed and we were so proud of what we did. And Tia was definitely an integral part of our success. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Tia, yeah, she was always like super tall, like in middle school <laughs> and high school and all that. Um, but so... Uh, so you go from Georgetown. What was your transition like from Georgetown to what you do now? What, what was that like? So I took a year off after graduate school, or after undergrad, rather. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't 
I don't know that it was intentional, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do next. I know right, I wanted right. to do sports media, but I didn't see myself as a professional athlete. And I felt if I took the overseas route, there was no way that I would be able to strike while the iron is hot in terms of re- mm. relevance in the media community and be an ocean away. Right. Um, so I started calling games on radio for Georgetown, actually doing some stuff with Verizon Fios 1 at that point and decided to go to grad school because I didn't want to be boxed in as just a basketball analyst throughout mm. my career. Um, but that year I was a kindergarten aide at a DC public charter school and I promise it was the most meaningful career detour I could have made. Right, right. Uh, that's really cool. What was, what was that like before we, you know, keep going? What was that like right there? So DC Public Charter School, um, you're serving an underserved population. Mm-hmm. And I was in kindergarten. <laughs> and I never thought, Shamil, that I would be cool with little kids. I was coaching middle school basketball, an assistant coach on the high school team. And then right. I had little kids daily. Um, and it just taught me so much about patience. And mm-hmm. it was a sneak preview to what you want to be to your kids as a parent. I mean, I don't have any kids yet. Um, I just, the babies came to us with so many things that should have been being dealt with at home. Mm. It just made me think deeply about the responsibility that it is to be a parent Um, and to raise your kids. Teachers are not supposed to be raising your kids. Mm. They are supposed to be in addition to what they're learning at home. And unfortunately, I think in particularly in underserved communities, and perhaps it's not by the fault of the parents, they're doing the best that they can to mm-hmm. provide and make it day to day, but it's kind of reversed and a lot falls on teachers. Right, right. And, and, you know, the reason why I wanted you to dive into that, you know, I have a seven-year-old daughter. And so, you know, I have became become, you know, very skillful at telling stories and uh, reading books to her. And I'm not saying I'm the best parent out there in the world, but, you know, I like to say I'm like, you know, dang good dad but uh <laughs> just what was your time like you know as far as like reading stories to the kids and things like that and I so I do motivational speaking and um I've spoke to I've read my book to kindergarten elementary high school and exactly what you said right there you do see that in underserved communities where teachers are taking uh the role of being a parent to a lot of these children which that's not what they should be doing but to the teachers that do do it, you know, I commend them and I applaud them. So 100%. I mean, my mom and my cousin, two people that mean a ton to me in my life are teachers and teachers are underpaid, underappreciated. I think the pandemic maybe is showing us just how important they are and not mm-hmm. just from a sense of childcare, right? Eight right. hours a day, five days a week. But educating is right. challenging, you know, yes. getting someone to learn. I mean, it's repeating until learning takes place. And that process is not for the faint at heart. Right, right. Yeah, shoot, me and my daughter, we've had some words uh, from this, this homeschool, you know? <laughs> she, she doesn't, you know, she comes to me with every little question. I'm like, girl, just sit down and do this math problem because we're going to have some problems. I just told you what to do two minutes ago, you know? So I've been learning some patient skills. You know? yeah, definitely, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you, you take a little detour and... You're you're uh, broadcasting for our our is it broadcasting? Is that the right? Mm-hmm. I was doing some radio broadcasting. You know, getting my first few TV gigs and right. you know, very small scale, just starting. Okay, and then so where did you go from that point? I actually went to grad school at University of Maryland to study okay. um, broadcast journalism so that I could be well equipped 
to show up with whether it was a notepad and pen, a radio mic, um, or a camera that I could be equipped to do it on my own. And I was a tr became a trained MMJ, which is multimedia journalist. Mm, okay, okay, okay. And so now you're you're killing it. Uh, if you guys don't follow Monica on Instagram, you definitely need to follow her because she posts some funny videos too as well. Uh, she she's a comedian, but. Uh, so now, you know, you're doing what you're doing. Uh, what is your, your mission behind what you do? Like, what's your why behind, you know, you doing, you're being in this field? Um, man, that's a loaded question. I think for me, visibility is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember wanting to get in sports because sports taught me so much, you know, February 3rd, we celebrated girls and women in sports day. Mm -hmm. And even though I wasn't going to play, I still wanted to be connected to and around the game. Mm. So as I started to navigate my career, it was about representation, visibility. Mm. I've always had this shortcut. It's taken on different shapes over the years, right, but right. I felt like I should be able to be in this space and be celebrated because I have worked hard to get here. Mm. Um, and you didn't see a lot of women. First of all, we're just starting to see a lot of black women on television. Right. Definitely sure. didn't see them with natural hair until recently-ish. And now we're having a conversation about short natural hair. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I felt very strongly about my convictions and my appreciation for the game and wanted to tell those stories. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to open up some doors for women, young women coming behind me. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, I think, you know, communicating is one of my God-given abilities mm -hmm. and talents. And so I certainly want to make sure that I'm using that with care while I'm here. Right. No, I love that. And, and you, you, you speak on visibility. Um, what does visibility mean to you? It's representation. Mm. It's being able to turn on a football game in particular and not every sideline reporter. One of my boys calls it look like the blind, the blonde ambition tour. You right, know, right, yeah. um, it is we are watching black athletes and the people that cover them should reflect them to a degree. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, particularly for young girls like women's basketball has been huge to me. And as my career is taking different directions, that's something that I hope I can always stay connected to mm -hmm. because I've learned so much about myself and about others through the game. Mm -hmm. But if I do want to go cover football, NASCAR, golf, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. I should be able to do that. I should have All the right. same opportunity to come in the door based on my hard work as anybody else. And so sports journalism, sports media still has a long way to go. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think, Things don't change unless you push them. Right, right. And, and uh, by you pushing outside your comfort zone and, and doing this, have you faced any like challenges to on the way? You know, Shamil, the sports media industry is still very subjective, particularly going the television or even digital route, anything where they see your face, right? right? right. And the decision makers are still largely white men. Mm -hmm. And it is not as drastic as the problem that we've seen well-documented in the NFL in terms of the lack of black head coaches and general managers. Right. But it is similar. Mm -hmm. First, you had to get through men. Mm -hmm. Then there was, okay, we're going to take women, but let us get eye candy that it seems to appeal to our audience. Mm -hmm. So that was insert lots of blonde women here. And I have met some incredible blondes and are, they're good friends of mine. And so I know that they too are doing their work, but it's very short-sighted for a male decision maker to say, we need a woman, pluck a blonde. Right, right. You know, and I have found that because I show up 
you know, we could talk barbershops, some fellas, if we want to talk barbershops. Um, There's a connectivity there that is valuable in terms of getting good content and being able to connect with people. So, you know, it's been interesting. It has been a growth process for me because at one point I was just kind of like, mm, you're blind. You, you just got a job because you're blind. And that's right, not right. necessarily always true, mm-hmm. but it, it is fact in my experience that I was not given a benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. um, in that way. Now, part of it was, oh, she played ball. She knows what she's talking about. Right. But even that, I had to still continue to prove. Like, it's crazy. Two weeks ago, I got a call. I auditioned for something in my area, in the D.C. area. Got a call back. The folks basically begging me to take this job, Shamil. Mm-hmm. And I tried so hard to get on with that company as I was coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the leadership has since turned over. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, it was it was such a wild moment. Like, I would have given anything to have an opportunity from y'all. And now I have this opportunity to decide whether or not I want it because I don't need it. Right. Yeah. And so how does that feel, you know, being able to hold on before I go there real quick. The power of connection. Okay. I, I, I just want to, you said that and I like, spoke out to me. And I think a lot of people miss uh, that key thing right there, being able to connect with people. Um, how has that, how have you been able to cultivate that and utilize that in your, 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 your life at the moment? There's two ways. Personally, and even I had to learn this. I think I may have seen Issa Rae was the first person that formulated it as a statement. She was talking about her extension. Network across and network sincerely. Mm-hmm. I think when you get to college or grad school and they said, network, go expand your network. The instant thing is, let me find so-and-so hiring manager that has position to put me in position. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is part of the game. But I think when you are networking from a pure transactional sense, those relationships don't last. Mm-hmm. But if you're networking across, I mean, I look across the industry and my peers are rising. You know, I met Ari Ivory before Highlighter and before she was all that she is at Bleacher Report. Right, Chris right. Williamson at SNY in New York. Like, we're from the same area. Gia Peppers, we danced together way back when at a dance studio. Um, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just dancing? I did ballet in, like, elementary school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, Crystal Rich in Philly, uh, Rhiannon Walker at The Athletic, Kwani Lunas up in Boston. Like, I could go down the list of people that are now beginning to ascend, mm-hmm. so to speak, or at least their platforms are growing. Right. And we all was at NABJ together trying to network, figure it out. And so now that's the call. Hey, yo, you heard about this? So-and-so's got this opening. Those calls come across mm-hmm. probably more than they come from the top down. And so those are people that I genuinely root for and that I know and I have relationships with. Yes, they started because we have the commonality of the business. But beyond that, I root for them to win. Mm -hmm. Um, The second part, I think, of connection in my job, I take a lot of pride in making my interview subjects comfortable, Mm -hmm. whether it's a short interview or co-host, whatever. It's the same mentality that I had in sports in terms of being a team player. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. Like the whole thing looks best when we good. Right, and so right. if I'm driving the show, like with my partner, Kazim Family, we with our show MSG PM, if Kaz is shining and having fun, then I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm calling a game, if my play-by-play person is, is shining and hitting their marks and I'm quiet at the right spot and we're laughing, then we're good. Right, right. Um, right. So I think the connection 
you got to step out of yourself. Like you have to be concerned about the other person that you're trying to connect with. Right, right. And, and I think that just goes for, you know, everything. You know what I mean? Just just being able to have empathy, you know, and, and be selfless. That That's really cool that you said that. Like, I'm going to take that into consideration with every conversation that I have. Am I being selfish or am I being selfless in the moment? That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's... It's so funny because we're having a lot of talk, particularly amongst women, you mm-hmm. know, about this idea of selfless, selfish. Um, but for me, I have found, because I very rarely allow myself to be diminished, mm-hmm. if the other person is good, then I'm good. Now, if, if I can't get you to good and we're not supposed to be in the same circle together, that's cool too. Like I have a very healthy relationship with the word no. And I say that all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, that if we are all a little bit more empathetic to use your word mm-hmm. and kinder to one another and just have an ear to really listen. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say, you know, you wasn't really listening. You was already thinking of your response. Like right. that's something I did as a kid. But in general, when you listen, mm-hmm. all you gotta do is ask questions, Jamil. I can't tell you, and, and not even to toot my own horn, but professionally, personally, like at the spot on a weekend before the pandemic, mm-hmm. all I did was ask a question because somebody else said something. And right. it's, it's a mixed signal. I'm not, not actually that interested, but if I ask you a question, you can't ask me no questions. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, yeah. But professionally, if I'm engaged and listening to your story, that's when we get the best nuggets in terms of what we're all trying to accomplish. Right, right. And, and I have this rule, you know, for anyone that isn't a good listener, um, ask two questions before you respond. Just ask two questions before you respond. And that will help out your listening skills. Because, you know, many times people, you say something, and many times people try to relate instead of ask another question to go a little deeper. And the person will explain and give you more information than you even thought of. So um, I think that, that that goes with what you're saying at the moment, too. That's a great rule. I, I will say that I'm guilty of. Wait, can you say that one more time? I just want to make sure I got it, which drives my boyfriend crazy. But for me, that's sincere. Like, I'm like, I'm, I want to listen. I don't want to just hear. Right. Um, but that's a great rule. Yeah, you know, so definitely ask two questions before you respond uh, to all my people that struggle with listening a little bit. <laughs> um, and so now you're you're in the you know you're in the sports field. Uh, you you've ran across some of these challenges. How have you been able to build your mindset uh, to be able to deal with some of these challenges? Hmm. I think I draw everything back to being an athlete. The same way that you practiced. You have to practice toughness. Right. You have to practice fortitude. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I have a healthy relationship with the word no. Right. I can receive no and it not decimate me. I can give no with love. Um, but that is, I can remember starting my career and being like, I'm, I'm from this area. I play ball. Like y'all need to put me on right now. Mm-hmm. Seasoning, wisdom, those are things that you can't get until you get. And it mm. does take some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the mental toughness for me comes in at this nagging thing that, and even before my career started to ascend, I know I'm not bad at this. I, I know this is a gift and talent that I have. Like, God, you gave me this. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about this. I, I can't, I remember when I hit my low in my career, I had been laid off in a span, uh, twice in a span of three years. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do this Mm. and sustain myself anymore. I was 
teaching cycle class, which I love. I was substitute teaching. Like I was just trying to piece it together. And as I would sit and apply for jobs, even though they were sort of in the realm of sports, like I was literally sick to my stomach because I knew and firmly believed that that's not, that wasn't the best use of my talents and abilities. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I'm like, all right, guy, like I got bills to pay. I'm going to do this. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. Um, For me, honestly, when I kind of let it go, Mm -hmm. that's when some things started to happen. But I'm I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for that period in my life because just like LeBron and, you know, your favorite athlete says they're more than an athlete, mm-hmm. I'm so much more than a sportscaster. And mm-hmm. I think when it was all taken away from me mm-hmm. and learning that and living in that and being able to celebrate who I am and who I'm called to be aside from that, mm-hmm. like, that truly was the foundation that I needed to move forward. Mm. That's crazy how, you know, oftentimes we find who we really are in the lowest moments, you know, um, and, and, to, to kind of dive a little deeper into that, you know, did you go through uh, a moment of, you know, kind of like depression or sadness or frustration or stress or anything like that during that, during that time? Clinical depression? No. Okay. Sadness? A hundred percent. Confused? Three thousand percent. Right. Because mind you, for me, as I hit that law, I've been laid off and got a job. No big deal. I've been laid off twice in three years. Like I've been there, done that, check that. The next mm-hmm. job is coming. The next job took, uh, that window of my life was probably 18 months, almost two years. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen like that. Right. Um, and so I kind of reflect back on it now. And I can remember like my house being messy, which the small things, like right. anybody else would just be like, oh, shit, it's a little messy. But for me, things were sort of out of order mm-hmm. as I was working through this process, whether I had acknowledged emotions or not, you know, people... I've seen a lot on social about therapists acknowledging this idea of grief and all that we've Mm -hmm. lost in this pandemic. For me, I had lost the normalcy of having a full-time job in sports. Like I had lost my own apartment. I had to, you know, leave Florida, move back to the DC area, move back in with my parents. So there was a lot of like mixed emotions that at the time I probably couldn't identify. Mm -hmm. I just kind of fell into my faith because I was like, I I literally don't know what to do. Like I'm doing everything that I know to do Mm -hmm. and it's going to happen. Right, right, right. And, and and when you have to move back with your parents and have to go back to like basically college, that hits your pride like like no other right there. Um, uh-huh. So that's that's cool. You've been able to like bounce back and, and then keep on moving forward. And and I love what you said about practice toughness. You know, just like you practice the jump shot, just like you practice you know catching the ball or whatever it may be, but practice toughness. Get reps at it. And I think that's so key. You know, with uh, mental toughness is you know, you know, you need to do this, but you're not getting reps at it. So how do you expect to get any better? Um, and so just to, just to ask, like, what's your best interview? Like, like, what do you, who's the best person you have interviewed so far? What do you think the, that is for you? Oh man. Mm, the best interview that I've had so far, just last week we had Victor Cruz on our MSGPM show. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was actually a really dope interview because we started to talk about the lack of black head coaches. And Vic mm-hmm. shared a story about his time in the league, looking around, realizing that the running backs coaches were black mm-hmm. and asking, you know, his coach at the time, what's up with that? And right. his coach was like, I think you answered your own question. Um, but again, that, that kind of nugget comes from active listening. I did a really dope interview with Swing Cash. And unfortunately, it got sort of lost in the sauce with the company that I was working with. Mm-hmm. But I was really proud of that interview as well. 
Um, what you mean by lost in the sauce with that? Like, you know how, you, I mean, you know how the hustler's life go. You mm-hmm. commit a project with a company, the final project is somewhere, right, right, unknown, like not quite produced as it was sold to you. Mm. Um, I think those two stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some interviews with, like, I had an interview with Renee Powell last week, who was the first black woman to be elected to the PGA. Mm-hmm. Um, second black woman to compete on the tour. Mm. Um, those are some that, that stand out. Okay, okay. But I, I think I don't have like you know big time names necessarily. But I think mm. I love all my interviews when my subject is like that was easy. You know, you right, made me right. feel really comfortable. Like that, right. that's what matters to me. What do you think the key is to making someone feel comfortable, though? You know what I mean? I think to be genuinely curious. Mm. It's, I mean, think about it. If somebody showed up with a list, a paper full of questions and was just reading the questions, like right, you'll right. be like, okay, I mean, are you are you just checking off your questions or are you listening to me? Right, right. Um, when I talk to folks, I am genuinely curious and I, I'm listening for something um, that intrigues me because if it caught my attention, I would think that the audience caught, up, caught it. And if they didn't, then it's my job to bring it out. Right, right. Okay, so do, so be genuinely curious, um, kind of like a little kid. You know, I mean, my daughter asked me like the most random questions at times. You know, like she asked me, uh, uh, you know, how's the stars in the sky? And some questions as a parent, do you like? I feel like do I just like make up something right now because I really don't know like how to. You know what I mean? Or I, I you know, I always say I'm, my faith is is heavy in my life, so I say God, right? But <laughs> There are some questions she asks that I'm like, I really don't know the answer to this. So I just humble myself and tell her, like, I, I just don't know, you know, but I, I feel like I should know, you know. <laughs> that's honest. I mean, my mom was like, my mom used to always be like, well, let's look it up. Let's find out. And it became like a whole thing. <laughs> mm. I'm going to start doing that. that that's, a, that's better than just saying. I mean, I don't know what her generation is going to be called, but the Gen X, right? Mm-hmm. I think. You know, they, they're, all the information is right in their hands. Right, so right. I'm, I imagine that her generation will be even more cued in. Yeah, hopefully there's going to be like flying cars and, and teleportation and stuff like that. That'd be like really cool. Hopefully I'll still be alive for some of that stuff. That's that's my goal. Yeah, I don't I don't know about all that, but we'll see. <laughs> you, you, don't, you, you don't want to live in a world with flying cars and, um, you know, stuff like that, like teleportation and stuff? Uh, I'm not sure. I will see. I got to see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. You're not about the futuristic type of stuff. I understand. You know, I like, I still like grass and I like, you know, like. <laughs> Just the <I> basics. <laughs> I like riding a bike, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the more, I, it's funny though, the more technology we have, I do think the more important it is to step off of it and ground mm-hmm. yourself. Like, I don't know about you, Shamil, but tonight when I turn all these lights off and get off these screens, like mm-hmm. my salt lamp will go on, my yellow lights come on, my candle gets lit. Like I'm, I have to unplug, unwind mm-hmm. on and, and so you is this how you know you are a, a master communicator because you transitioned as well into this next point of like maintenance, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of yourself. I think that's something that many uh, achieve high achievers forget about, uh, which is taking care of themselves. Um, so what are some of the ways you take care of yourself? You just gave us like a little bit, but what are some of the other ways you take care of yourself? That's, you know, almost a year ago now, I would have had a different answer. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, you know, my friends and family are very important to me. 
Mm-hmm. And I think spending time with them away from my career grind is important. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously limited under the current situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for me, the biggest thing is to step off. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not solely this grind, sports media journalist, analyst, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, whatever the title is for that day. That's not it. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy movies and like I enjoy <coughs> painting my nails and sure. um, going on, thank you, going on a bike ride or, mm-hmm. or walking my dogs, um, reading a good book. Right. So I think for me, it's to step off. Um, I think in my daily maintenance these days, um, what in the world? Oh, okay. I think these days it is to intentionally turn off the screens. Mm. Um, whether that's, you know, candles, tub, you know, spa situation, time mm. outside. That is so important to me. Right. Um, and I think still having a network of people that you love and, and care for you. And even though we're under odd circumstances, right. Maintaining those relationships. Like I take a lot of joy in that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. Um, and, and I love the fact of like unplugging, you know, that's something I struggle with to do, but I know it's, it would be good for me. You know, I read this book called uh, digital minimalism by uh, Cal Newport. You should check it out, but it's a great book about how, you know, taking basically like a fast from yeah. social media and our phones would like would benefit our brains a lot. And um, that sounds like that's something you do is, is you incorporate it in your life now. Um, and before I let you go, um, my two questions. One, what do you think the meaning of life is? I love asking all my, my guests this, this, mm. this question right here. So what do you think the meaning of life is? Oh man, got deep. It did get deep. Um, Well, I will say this: I I do, you know, lean on my faith a lot, and Mm -hmm. that's a part of who I am. And so, I do think um, when you think about what God has called us to do in terms of loving one another, Mm -hmm. um, that's a big part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like having a life that is productive, not in the sense of you know reality TV, money this, Mm -hmm. money that, but just being able to spread joy. Mm-hmm. um to be kind to one another mm-hmm. um i think that's that's hugely important to me I, I don't think that joy or happiness is dictated on a monetary thing mm-hmm. i think that comes from within and for me my faith gives me that that gives me something to hold on to and to trust in even though things swirling around me may be whatever right right um i i would say on a broad scale The meaning, of, and this is probably a little bit biblically based maybe, but like, I would think that the meaning of life it would be to continue life, which would be to reproduce. Mm, okay. Right? And, mm. and I don't necessarily mean physically have kids, mm-hmm. but to leave a deposit mm. okay. in whatever your passion is, right? Mm-hmm. Like for people coming behind you um, throughout history, whether you talk technology or uh, social justice or social injustice, whichever mm. word you use, like each generation is supposed to be improving. Mm. Um, and so, you know, you, you leave seeds for those mm. behind you and then you hope that the fruit that you bear is a positive thing. Mm. See, I, I asked a deep question. I got a deep response. I love, <laughs> I love that right there. I love that. And so uh, some transition into something that's a little more playful. Uh, if you had uh, a superpower, 
what superpower would you want to have? Superpower. Yes. So on the Black Solstice on our morning show, it's uh, now an evening show, we got I had the ability to disappear, which was cool. That was cool. Mm. <laughs> um I think superpower. I might want to stop time. Mm. Okay. Stop Do I want time. to stop time? Uh, yeah, I actually think, yeah, I would stop time. Not be able to time travel, but in the moment, stop time. Because how often do we make decisions that we'd be like, man. Right, right. <laughs> like, so not even like stop time, fast forward, see what's going to happen. Just stop time to mm-hmm. thoroughly think it through. Mm, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? There, there would have been like 20 decisions in college that I probably would have stopped time and like been like, yeah, let me let me think about this a little longer. Not even just in college, but like, just let me just stop. Let me right, just stop. right. <laughs> Not just for myself. Like, if you could stop time and stop accidents, like, that would be dope. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, just, I think to stop time would be dope. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that. And uh, leave us with, let's, you know, you can give us, you know, two, three, ten, but just leave us with uh, maybe a hundred, too, but just leave us with uh, something that can continue to encourage us to be better in our day-to-day lives um help us improve you know this 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 podcast is all about being game time excellent and so being able to perform at a high level um every single day whether it's our maintenance in our life whether it's how we met master whether it's our mission so just give us the ways to improve oh i don't want to say something that's not applicable something that i've tried to do as well um I, I, my personal slogan, I think, is, is to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think gratitude produces a degree of care. And so in that, if you are grateful for each opportunity, every time your feet hit the ground when you get out of bed, grateful for the people that are in your life, the opportunities that come your way, you're going to take care of them. Um, and so to me, in taking care, you become far more intentional. And I, I don't believe that things just happen. Renee Montgomery, shout out to Renee, she recently announced her retirement from the W, but she says moments create momentum. And I think that's true. So for me, on the base level, because I walk in so much gratitude, and that's not based on what is happening or who's giving it to me or whatever, it is, I am alive, I have this opportunity to decide. Um, I have this opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. Um, that compels me to move with intention. Right, right. Well, that's that's a word, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Be grateful, right there. I love that, and that's that's the that's the best way to end it, right there. So, uh, to everyone that before I even do that, Monica, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Thank you uh, for for taking your time out of your day. I know you are busy, um, and I, 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 people, I hope you learned a lot. And if you came on and, and listen, just go to, uh, Monica's, you know, DMS, um, don't ask her for anything. Just say, thank you. Just show some appreciation for everything she just gave us. And, uh, you know, where can they find you so they can show you some appreciation? Um, I actually, thank you for having me, Shamil. This was a great conversation. Um, I love all the M's you gave. You're going to have to text those to me so I can remember to use that. Um, (laughs) I, got I um, I'm everything McNutt Monica, except yeah, Twitter, social, Twitter, Instagram, um, and then you know LinkedIn. I don't use Facebook, but yeah. Okay. Last name first. So, okay, so everyone go go to her DMs and just drop a heart. 
tell her thank you for the gem she dropped today and um uh, thank you for listening, everyone. This is another episode of Game Time Excellence, where we talk about your mission, mindset, mastery, and maintenance. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend, like, uh, comment, and give us five stars. If you didn't like it, still share it with a friend and give us five stars because, you know, maybe you're just <laughs> in a bad mood that day. But uh, y'all have a great day. Thank you for uh, coming on, Monica. And I uh, hope you have a great day as well. Thank you, Shamil. This was awesome. All right.